0: Okay. Everyone, happy Monday and welcome to the She Did It Her Way podcast. My name is Amanda and I'm the host. And I'm we've got Melissa Jones with us who is the founder of the um, chief encouragement office and I'm excited to bring her on. I'm laughing though because as Melissa and I both know, we're working through some technology issues, aren't we, Melissa? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so um do we guys just love technology? Sometimes it's just it has a mind of its own, but anyway let 's dive in. I brought Melissa on because she hosts these creative chicks coffee and collaboration events, and she does a very good she does an amazing job at them and people have a ton of takeaway and she provides a lot of value and I want her to share her insights and what she 's done that has helped her be successful hosting these events and how you can host your own events as well. but before we get into that, Melissa. Again, what are you most excited about today? Well, I'm most excited
1: <laughs> that I am able to speak to you and <laughs> chat with your listeners. It's really exciting to be here. And I'm looking forward to spring. Uh, it's snowing right now outside. so
0: Yeah. And well, you also attended a, a wedding uh, expo or something yesterday, didn't you? Yes, I did.
1: So well, I'm really excited to see the collaborations that are coming out as a result of the Creative Chicks event. And so yesterday I was able to go to the Martha Stewart wedding party and support two fellow Creative Chicks, Tara of, Roots of Life Photography and Ashley of LaBelle Floor were both there and have beautiful displays. And so it was just really exciting to be there and encourage them. And then also recently seeing BB Interiors have silk scarves from Rose Silks Designs and their shop, and Courtney of silks and Claudia of BB Interiors had met at the last networking event, so that was really exciting just to see them collaborate and work together. So that's
0: where my excitement comes from, is just seeing women support each other. That is amazing. That's awesome that that happened. Okay, and tell us how you came to the Chief Encouragement Office. I started the Chief Encouragement Office, also the
1: CE Office, in January of this year I incorporated. And originally I started in corporate America when I was 19 and then I moved to management shortly after my 21st birthday. So I've had over 13 years worth of experience in Fortune 500 companies, leading teams, and really honing my business and management skills because I've had great mentors to help me along the way. And last year, I attended two creative conferences that were really catalysts in my decision to move forward with starting my own business, and those were making things happen, and then the Inspired Retreat. And I saw that there was a need within the small business industry for assistance with building strong teams, and so I decided to take my skills that I've learned in corporate America and offer them to small business owners. And so my last day in corporate America was December 31st.
0: Oh, my gosh. That is so fresh and so new, but that is it's very exciting. And now you have, yeah, congratulations. And now you have the Creative Chicks Coffee and Collaborations event. So tell us, tell us what those are and then what's the goal, and then we'll dive into how you go about setting them up, the day of the event, and then the follow-up.
1: Creative Tricks is a monthly networking event that allows creative entrepreneurs and small business owners to get together and collaborate. And so the goal is for women to share what their goals are and to come away with tangible advice that they can implement within their business and be inspired. And so it's been really fun seeing those collaborations come to
0: life and so that's what the goal is for Creative Chicks. That's very, just very exciting to, to pull together and put people in a room. What, tell us about, how do you go about planning an event? What are the things that you do that, from the moment you decide, okay, here's the day that we're going to have it on, to the actual event? What are the things that you have to go through? Well, how Creative Chick started is, I just moved to Chicago the first
1: weekend in November and didn't know anyone here besides my best friend. And so I was really looking to connect with other creatives in the industry. And so I posted on Facebook and Instagram that I would be hosting an event in January and if anyone knew any creatives to share the word that I would love to meet with them for coffee. And so it really started out small, and I wanted organic growth because I wanted people that were about helping other women. And so I posted it in a couple Facebook groups that I had been members of and then also online, and so that's where the attraction began as far as building attendees. And then my goal was to, again, continue to support small businesses, and so I had to look for... A coffee shop in Chicago that would allow me to host an event there for minimal to no cost, <laughs> and so I was lucky to be able to find Cup and Spoon the first month in January, and she was amazing and let us host the event. We pretty much took over the, her coffee shop on a Saturday morning, and because it was the first event, I had also worked with a photographer, and we did professional headshots for the attendees, and we also had a makeup artist on site, Juliana B. And so it was just a lot of fun, but we really took a <laughs> coffee shop. <laughs> she was very gracious with 20 ladies in there, and it was a great time. Two hours' worth of conversations, people just sharing history about their business, what their goals were for 2015 and sharing their piece of advice for the lady next to them. And so it was a great environment. But as far as planning, finding a venue that works for your group is the most important thing. That's how you can set the ball rolling. And then from there, then I went to Eventbrite, set up the event. It's $25 per candy, and so that really covers my costs for overhead if there is deposit for the venue, and then also for purchasing Gifts for the attendees
0: and any additional costs that are involved. How and did you how did you land just uh, really quick? How did you land on the twenty five? The twenty five dollars because twenty twenty five is really
1: that easy mark where it's still affordable and you don't feel like it's a huge loss if you don't go to the event or that if you're a first timer and maybe you're unsure because you don't know like the brand or what's coming out of it, you don't feel like it's a huge loss. Like, mm-hmm. it's a safe investment. Does that make sense? It? Totally. So, yeah. it's that safe price point where there's value because again, I don't, I'm looking for a specific type of attendee or someone that is willing to put the investment out there because they're invested in themselves and their business. So, that's why, again, it's not free because we don't we want someone that's serious about their business and about their growth and helping other ladies.
0: Mm -hmm. And so
1: having that financial investment shows their seriousness to the conversation and to collaborating with
0: others. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you were saying, sorry, I know I I think I threw threw you off. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I just think I find it interesting or how people set prices and what really drives people, attendees to come to events like what's too high or too low. So that's, but that, that definitely makes sense. And keep talking and telling us like everything that goes into leading up. So you're saying finding the venue, and you, you mentioned gifts. What what are some of the gifts that you go to, and like how do you know what to get? Well, first of all, that was a great question, so I am glad you asked about the price point. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you're starting a new business, like
1: that's the hard part, is setting price points, whether it's for your service or your product or for your event, and knowing, mm-hmm. like, you can't, how to value you and what you're offering to your clients. So, yes, great question, Amanda. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> as far as moving forward with the event, i use used Eventbrite. It's very easy to manage payment and attendees and know who's coming. And then also you have their emails so that way you can follow up with them. And then that also integrates into the Facebook platform as well. And so it makes it really easy hosting the event and just managing it as a whole. And then from there, once an attendee then registers via Eventbrite, then I automatically send out an email that is a small interview that just gets to know the attendee a little bit better. And it allows me to know who the participant is prior to the event, but also then I use that as twofold. One, marketing for the event because then I share that information on social media, but also two, giving back to the attendee and to the community by sharing their information and bringing awareness to the individual and to their brand. And so I really enjoy helping others and sharing their information because you never know then who else might find their information of value. So I do that as part of the marketing and part of the give back. And then once the event comes, as far as finding like the little gifts, the gifts are typically individuals that I know that I've met through creative conferences or through social media. So I try to find gifts that are purposeful and intentional things that they can actually use within their business or their daily life. And so some of the gifts that I really enjoyed, there's the kindness is the new black. They're pencils by B is for Bonnie Shop, and they just reiterate. The culture that I am building within this community of collaborations and helping fellow women be successful, and then also make it happen journals by the Laura Casey shop, and those were a lot of fun just because, again, it's a reminder to set goals and to make things happen.
0: hmm That I'm, I'm sure that's probably like the most yeah most fun part, just going out and saying, oh, what do I want to give my attendees? <laughs>
1: It's fun, but it can also, I mean, the my nature is there's so many pretty things out there.
0: Totally. And
1: I don't have enough money to guess everything that I see that I come across. So I really have to think about it and say, okay, so what makes sense within the budget that I'm having so that I can, because again, at the end of the day, I'm running a business,
0: is <laughs> what makes yeah.
1: sense for me to purchase. And then also just because it's pretty doesn't mean that someone will find it of value. So it's just something that they can actually use in their business or that they're actually going to share or hold on to.
0: So yeah.
1: I am part of that type A personality. I don't like a lot of Chapsky stuff. <laughs> so I try Where? to think along that same mindset when I'm finding gifts for attendees. Yeah, something that you
0: can use versus, oh, that's pretty. Yeah. yeah. So to recap, the, the beginning is deciding the date, the time, reaching out, finding the location, making sure to follow up with the attendees after you get an event bright, keeping in contact, doing uh, the two-prong so you can market. You do the interview, the small interview with the attendees. So you can, one, market, and then two, give back to them. So talk to us about, because you're the facilitator at your creative chicks, coffee, and collaboration meetups, correct? Correct. So how do you as a facilitator, what are the things that you do to ensure that there is growth and takeaway and people are finding your event of value?
1: How I do that is I set the tone when the event starts. And so I welcome everyone and thank them for attending, but then I set the tone that we're all here in a collaborative environment to help each other and that we're not competing with each other, we're sharing information to help build each other up. And so, by setting that tone, it lets people know that they're in a safe environment where they can share maybe their concerns, their challenges, their struggles, and that there are 19 other ladies that are there that have been through similar struggles of their own and are going to share advice to help them build their business. And Mm -hmm that helps people then walk away with tangible advice that they can then implement within their own business and feeling inspired because there's other ladies out there that want to support them and see them do well. And so by setting that tone and then just keeping it throughout the course of the conversation and allowing every single attendee the opportunity to speak and receive feedback, that's what really creates the value is because everyone feels heard, and mm-hmm. everyone comes away with something that they can apply to their business,
0: Gotcha. And do you do like icebreakers and how I mean do people just sit anywhere they like? Any There's no icebreakers? Of- I don't like <laughs> to waste
1: time um and i not saying icebreakers are a waste of time. It's just I'd rather get to the meat of the conversation <laughs> for sure <laughs> how. When they go around the table because we sit family style, so we push all the little coffee tables together so that, like, <laughs> everyone is sitting at the exact same table, sitting next to each other or across from each other, and we just start and we go around the table, and as people speak, then they introduce themselves and give a five-second blurb about their business and then uh state what their goal is for the upcoming 30 days, and then there's three to four minutes of the other attendees giving their feedback. So it's just very quick. And the only reason for that is because I want to be respectful of everybody's time, and when you have 20 attendees and it's a two-hour event, there's not a lot of time to get through everybody if we have additional conversations. And again, I want to make sure that it's
0: purposeful. So that's why I keep it very structured. Yeah, I'm sure the attendees really respect that as well from the yeah. standpoint, making sure, like, keeping it of value, but then also making sure it moves forward as, as that. So talk to us then. So the event happens, usually 2 hours long takeaways, is, and then you follow up with them. Like, how does that follow-up look like? How do you keep people coming back and keep them in the pipeline and, and stay engaged with the, your attendees? The
1: follow-up... I send them or write them handwritten thank you notes when they attend, and then also I follow up as far as whether it's just meeting up with various individuals for coffee afterwards to continue the conversation. We also have a private Facebook group for the attendees of the Creative Chicks events where they can continue the conversation because, again, sometimes there's conversation that can extend past that two hours. And so having that Facebook group allows them to continue those conversations and support each other within a safe environment. And then also going out there into the community and supporting individual ladies when they have their different events or sharing them on on social media when you see that they've accomplished something big. And so that's been a lot of fun, just seeing each individual business grow and achieve things and then also work and collaborate with other attendees that have been there. Mm-hmm. And also to circle back real quickly as far as why it's so structured, it helps with different personalities as well. If you're an introvert or an extrovert, having that structure, it allows sometimes if you go to a networking event and you're an introvert, you stay within like the little circle
0: and mm-hmm. you don't
1: necessarily meet somebody new, whereas with this type of setup, it allows
0: everybody an opportunity to speak. That's a good insight. And especially for events with the different types of people. what? So you're seeing follow-up, like, do you guys have, have you decided for creative chicks, coffee, and collaborations, is this, like, a monthly thing? Is it consistent or is it sporadic? Like, how do you determine how often you have your events? So I host them monthly, and they're the fourth Saturday of every month.
1: So we started in January, and We had one in March at Fab Cakes up in River North. And then in April, I will be going on the road because my goal is also to take it to other cities. So in April, I will be going to Kansas City and we will be hosting it at the Roastery. And then we will be back in Kansas City in June at Cocoa Dolce. And my goal is still to take it to Phoenix this year and then possibly the New York City or DMV area. And so that will be really exciting. So on those months, really depending on my personal schedule, will be whether I can host an additional event in Chicago. And But there will be an event monthly where either here in Chicago or elsewhere within the U.S.
0: Very, That's very exciting. Very cool. Too bad Phoenix wasn't now. <laughs> in the cold. Yes. Getting out of here. Um What, now for you as the facilitator and the host, what is something that you, that's been your biggest surprise about these events that you've put on? The biggest surprise has been
1: positive feedback. And I say that because when you're brand new in a city and brand new within the circle, Because within the creative industry, when I speak creative industry, I mean individuals that are in like Etsy shop owners, wedding planners, stationers, floral designers, interior designers, things of that nature, a lot of times people already know each other. And so being brand new, it's been very encouraging to just see people be so supportive and helpful. And so that's been really encouraging to me and that's been the pleasant surprise. But then also seeing then the feedback on social media about how much people love the event, and even though that they're not attending one of the Chicago ones, they want creative chicks to come to their city. And so that really fires me up, and I really can't wait to take it on the road. And so really the expansion as far as going across the U.S. will just be the demand, of course, and making sure that, it's a good business decision going to other cities. If there's 20 ladies within that city that will be able to attend the event. So right now I am having individuals that express interest. Go to our website, www.chiefencouragementoffice.com, and go to our Engage page where they fill out an interest form for the Creative tricks events. And in that way I can monitor the interest for each city. And as that grows, then I can host an event there.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, so you guys are listening. If you want them to come, if you want Melissa to join, definitely check out their, her website and sign up and fill out the form. What do you – so looking back, now you've, you've gotten a few of these under your, under your belt. What is something that you're definitely going to keep doing for every single event? And then what's something that you might tweak – to make it even better for the next event the things that I'll be consistent on is making sure that
1: it's still in a small business owned venue, and sometimes that's challenging because it's easier to hold it maybe in like a national based venue but because the heart and focus of my business is supporting small business owners that's where I draw those decision making in we collaborate with as far as from vendors. And so just sticking with that. And then the part that may change is how on the revenue aspect, whether I'm actually personally spending money for the gifts or whether we have sponsors that are giving gifts for the attendees, which obviously allows exposure to their business, which is exciting but then also making sure that for companies that we do collaborate with and that do give gifts to the attendees, are they in line with the mission of supporting small businesses and helping women become more successful? Mm
0: -hmm. Have you um, you found that the sponsorship is something of a hurdle or it's, pretty easy to get small businesses on board to donating or giving exposure for their company? Well, twofold. With me being a brand new business, the challenge right now
1: is just awareness because not a lot of businesses are aware of the CEO office and my mission and what we're doing. And that comes with time. So I guess it's a soft challenge for me because I'm realistic about it. I know that those opportunities will come with, being more established within the industry and more experienced. But then also, too, I've found along the way there are people that have reached out to me, but I really don't feel that their product is a good fit for the event. And so what's nice, though, is we can have those conversations and say, okay, this is my mission for the event. This is what I'm trying to build. How do you see your product or service fitting into that? And usually it's a self-actualization where they realize that the attendees are not really their desired market. So it's been easy on that aspect as well.
0: Inter- that would be – that's an interesting conversation. That one, that makes me, me curious as to how – what that looks like too. What – when you – if you were giving advice to our listeners and people out there thinking about wanting to start their own event, what is um, – a piece of advice that's a reality that most people, if they think events, like, oh, great, let's get people together, but what's something that people oftentimes miss when thinking about putting events together? I would say make sure that you have the capital or the money to put the event
1: in together because the attendee numbers can fluctuate and so set your budget accordingly. And so... With that being said, I set it strictly for 20 every time. And a certain percentage of that, I have allocated towards expenses. And anything over that, then I don't go over. So regardless of whether only half attend or whether all 20 attend, I know that I'm still staying within my budget. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest piece of advice is because it's so easy to get caught up in the pretty. And when I say the pretty is, the decor, the gifts, like all the stuff that makes it fun. Okay. You can do all of that, but again, at the end of the day, you're running a business, so people find value in the content. If you can bring substantial content, mm-hmm. that's where they're going to walk away with, even if they just walk away with a pencil. As long as content right. was valuable and something that is tangible that they can apply to their business,
0: that's where the purpose is at. Yeah, well, okay, and not to go all the way back at the at the beginning when you're talking about the preparation for the events, but you, you had mentioned, like, decor, and mm-hmm. do you purchase the decor then for your event? Yes. And, okay, so you, gotcha. I thought it was just gifts, but you, no. per, okay, so decor, what does that look like? Uh, some of my
1: favorite vendors that I've used are, there's the Flare Exchange, and they're based out of Orlando, and they make pretty little garland streamers and confetti that are U.S. made and so again a small business that I met at a conference last year and so I love her product and then also Flowers for Dreams are local here in Chicago and I found them through Instagram. One of their employees had liked one of my pictures and I looked through her pictures and found out what she did and they're a local company and they donate 25% of their proceeds to local charities. So I love their mission, their concept, and reached out to them. And so I have their flowers as centerpieces for one of our events. And so little things like that, they add to the detail of the event and make it pretty. But again, it's creating that balance. So is it within your budget? And is it feasible for you and what you're trying to do?
0: Gotcha. Yeah, I... Did not I had no idea that the the pretty is bringing that into it and purchasing that. That's, that. I mean, that is so something to think about it when you're having an event and bringing people in. So what I mean with all this stuff that you have going on, how do you how do you stay organized? I know you said you're type A, but what are some things that you do to make sure you stay organized with the event and you're on top of it and you don't let things fall through the cracks? My favorite tools for staying
1: organized, I have my Day Designer by Whitney English, and so that's actually a paper planner that I write in all my to-do lists and my schedule for every day and plan out through the month. So I'm old school as far as, like, I like having a manual to-do list that I can write things down and cross them off. It's a tiny sense of accomplishment to be able to put that checkbox there. And... <laughs> Electronically, Then my favorite apps are, I still swear by MS Outlook. I know a lot of people have graduated and gone to Gmail. I'm old school on the Outlook aspect. <laughs> that might be coming from corporate environment too, where Outlook just does everything for me. And then also Evernote. Evernote is awesome for just grabbing information and quickly putting it into a folder that you can go back and refer to and make notes and create tasks for later. And then also Wonderlist. Wonderlist is an app on my phone that I use frequently. Like if I have to purchase things, then I can just quickly put it in my phone and pull out my phone when I'm out and about and know that I have the list. So those are the four tools that I use to stay organized when
0: planning an event. Wow. Okay. Those are all great. And you guys, if you're listening, we're gonna we'll make sure to put those in the show notes so that you can get the direct access if. you choose to go out and find those, but I definitely – I don't have all those, so I need to, I need to look into that. and <laughs> I probably need to take your advice from the type A position. So, well, okay, thank you, Melissa. We're going to wrap up here. And thank you for sharing your insights with putting the event together, making it impactful, putting down the content, and then also continuing the follow-up and meeting with people afterwards I always ask this question because I, I think it's extremely valuable, but what is what is one book that has inspired you and why?
1: The one book that's inspired me is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. She actually gave a TED Talk on it, but she talks about being vulnerable and about the impact that it has on your relationship. And I read that a couple years ago, but it really made an impact on how I view people and their stories. And I grew up thinking that in general men were very tough and don't show emotions. And so it really had a breakthrough moment for me that shows that we're all human and that we all have feelings. And expressing emotion and sharing our feelings doesn't make us weak. And so it just really helped me better relate to people that are on my team and also show us that at the end of the day everybody has a story and it helped we show better empathy and uh we all want to be valued, loved, and respected.
0: So great book. Loved it and highly recommend it. Awesome. Great. Love it. Thank you for sharing. And tell us how we can connect with you and find you on online. On any social media platform, whether it
1: is Pinterest, Twitter, or Instagram, you can find me at the C E Office, O-F-F-I-C-E. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> I have to think about that. No, I do that. Um, it's like, wait, what? Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: so, again,
1: on Instagram or Twitter, it's at the theCEoffice. And then on Facebook, if you're typing it in, it's Chief Encouragement Office or facebook.com forward slash theCEoffice. And then my website is www.chiefencouragementoffice.com. And, again,
0: www.chiefencouragementoffice.com. Love it. fabulous! Again, Melissa, thank you so much for your time and energy today. Thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And you guys will have uh, everything in the show notes if you want to connect and find. Melissa will have that for you as well. Shoot us a line. Let us know how we're doing. Drop us a review on iTunes. And until next week, hope you guys have a great Monday. Bye, Melissa.